This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Second hour of Pure Opelka underway here on this uh, interesting Wednesday. I've been watching, during the break, been watching the the grilling, although it's not really a grilling, of the FBI director nominee, Christopher Wray. And to, almost to a person, the Democrats are asking for the nominee to swear an oath that if he is ever asked by a foreign country, will he report that to the FBI or will he tell people if you are ever... These are such rudimentary questions. They are so so simple and stupid. It's a waste of time, a waste of money. Get back to work. Dianne Feinstein has already told the faithful that she's going to vote for this nominee. Do you need anything else? He said a dozen times, a dozen different ways to a dozen different members of this of this committee that he will only be driven by the facts, the law, the Constitution, impartiality. He will never go into a private meeting with the president. What more do you people need? For God's sakes, stop showing us why Trump got elected. Stop showing us why the, the people out here in, in flyover country, and yeah, I'm including Delaware in flyover country, why the people out here outside of the major metropolitan areas are fed up with Washington. It's, it's just amazing. Hold these meetings standing up. They would be finished by now. And you guys would be back to work. And it's both sides. It's not just one side. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I'd love to hear if I'm wrong. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Anything you want to share. I'm, I'm trying to get into better, more efficient government. I want to push better, more efficient government. Actually, over... This this plodding, trudging monstrosity that has become our government. And even if people say, well, yeah, we're going to drain the swamp. You're not draining anything. Yes, okay, Donald Trump and the administration did manage to fire 500, 500 members of the VA who weren't doing their job, who were hurting the people that we need to protect Instead of helping, they were hurting. And I hear there are another 150 in, in, the, uh, in the sites. All right, let's get to something amazing, something wonderful, something good out of a tragedy. Yesterday, the NYPD gathered to hold a memorial service for a massacred officer, an officer that was targeted for assassination. 12-year veteran, a mom of three, a single mother of three who was killed, Officer Familia, who shot in the back of the head, dead. Thank God the NYPD found the perp and took him out in the firefight. We don't have to spend any time or money housing that person. Let him meet his maker and get his judgment there. Let him be not a problem to us anymore. But in, in memorializing... Officer Familia, 
the commissioner delivered his emotional thoughts, and I'm just going to play you a minute and a half of it. And in the middle of it is one of the most chilling moments I've witnessed. There's video. It's on the blaze. It's everywhere. But it's one of the most chilling moments I've witnessed when the crowd reacts to something the commissioner said about police. It's hard not to get emotional. Let me tell you something. Regular people sign up to be cops. They sign up for this job of protecting strangers, knowing there are inherent risks. But not one of us ever agreed to be murdered in an act of indefensible hate. Not one of us signed up to never return to our family or loved ones. So where were the demonstrations for this single mom who cared for her elderly mother and her own three children? Standing ovation. Standing ovation. And it doesn't stop. Where? Where are you, Hollywood? Where are you, lefties? Where are you, feminists? Where are you? Where in the hell are you? Even the commissioner was taken aback by this. I get emotional every time I hear it and every time I see it. He had more to say. There is anger and sorrow, but why is there no outrage? Because Mia Sotis was wearing a uniform? Because it was her job? I simply do not accept that. Mia Sotis was targeted, ambushed, and assassinated. She wasn't given a chance to defend herself. That should matter to every single person who can hear my voice in New York City and beyond. Every single person. Every single person. The cover of the New York Daily News today has it right has a picture of the um, slain officer's sister and the two children. And it talks about the reaction from the sister who, who said, you should hug every cop you see and thank them. And you should. You should. Why not? Anyone's got a problem with that? Then, then I have a problem with you. And you're probably listening to the wrong radio show. I invite you to leave now. And, and don't bother coming back. We can do without you if you don't understand the importance of that. Just, just a stunning story. On the other side of it, uh, on the other side of that story, I, I promised I would get you the story of uh, also today. There's... Some very important pieces in the paper today. Yesterday, we talked with Simon Owen from England, and today there's another hearing going on over Charlie Gard, the now 11-month-old child who is terminally ill, unless a miracle happens, and, and who doesn't want to believe in miracles? Who among us doesn't, doesn't pray for a miracle on any given day? We all know somebody who could use one. But today, uh, a guy who's writing, I read as often as I can, whenever he's got a piece out, Jonah Goldberg goes over the story of Charlie Gard and actually shows it under, under a story titled, Whose Life Is It Anyway? With a subtitle, The Charlie Gard Case Shows a Breakdown in the Rule of Law. Jonah Goldberg gives this uh, a pretty clear breakdown, a, a very clear understanding of what's really here. And he talks about how different sides see the case. 
and he and he also talked very openly about the reality of this poor little guy and what he's probably going through right now. Jonah Goldberg says, if I were counseling them, meaning Charlie's parents, I would suggest it's time, meaning it's time to let go. But he also said, but if I were their doctor or one of the judges presiding over the case, I would let them take their baby for treatment. See what this case is. It's a, it's a really difficult case for all of us to be honest about. And I think, I think Jonah Goldberg's very honest. His logical side is, is fighting with his compassionate human side. And I think from the perspective of a doctor or a judge, for him to say, if I were one of those judges, I would let those parents do it. Jonah Goldberg goes on to say, I see it far more as a matter of due process. In every liberal democratic country dedicated to the rule of law, the state has to jump through hoops to deny citizens their rights. Even when the state knows a criminal is guilty, it still must go through the motions and prove its case. Charlie's parents aren't criminals. They're distraught parents. And parents have rights. They aren't absolute rights. Parents can't kill their children or let them die through inaction. But the state can. He closes very strongly here. Societies depend on the principle that parents are their children's best guardians. Interesting. Societies depend on the principle that parents are their children's best guardians. It's appalling for the state, particularly one that runs the health care system, to claim that it, and not the loving parents, have the final say. Jonah Goldberg, today, in, in I'm sure dozens of newspapers, hundreds of newspapers around the country, uh, he pointed out what we talked about, what, the, what this signals, and it's been worrisome for me since day one, since we talked about it almost three weeks ago, is the fact that this is coming from a place where single-payer socialized medicine is the rule and not the exception, where single-payer socialized medicine makes the decision and not the mom and dad, that this is a judicial death panel that this child is facing. It's a heavy-duty story, I know, but it's a story that we have to pay attention to because I still believe if we don't stop it overseas, it's like terrorism, it's coming here. And uh, I don't want it coming here. Not at all. When we get back, I want to talk about Chelsea Clinton and her book. It's been cooking it up the charts. But did somebody else cook up the idea? That certainly could be the case. We'll explain why some of us have Clintonian schadenfreude happening today. And that's coming next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
So here's the deal. Before I get into Chelsea Clinton, here's the deal. You need to investigate healthiq.com slash the blaze. Healthiq.com slash the blaze or slash blaze. Either one will work. If you're looking for term life insurance, if you're looking for a great, great deal from big companies, you know, the big guys, and you are someone who is health conscious and you try and live your life in a in a health conscious manner, then then you need to check this out. I'm in the process of doing it. Uh, we're just about to finish up with the examination here any day now. I'm waiting on the schedules to match up because my schedule's crazy. But I checked it out, and I'm looking for I'm looking for a million dollar policy because I want to take care of my family. And so I went through. I took the quiz. I, you can get a free quote online. You go to healthiq.com/blaze. You can get the free quote. It requires taking a, a little quiz to see what your health knowledge is how smart are you about living a healthy lifestyle and then there's a short phone call where you answer some questions and uh, you talk about how you live your life you know and did you ever think that maybe if you're kind of a fast runner if you run a lot that your your fast mile time your regular mile time could bring down the cost of your life insurance well these guys have figured it out and now the insurance companies are listening to them. So go to healthiq.com slash blaze and get, take, take the quiz. Start getting the free quote. Uh, we don't do this unless we check it out. And I've had protracted conversations with the people from Health IQ. And frankly, I'm very impressed. And when I heard the quote from one of the top names, one of the biggest names in the insurance business, I was like, okay. All right, I'm in. See, fin finally, it's more than just your age and your gender. It's somebody who's paying attention to what you know and how you live your life. Take the test. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. Now, on to Chelsea Clinton. If you want your blood pressure to go up. No, I'm kidding. I'm just tying in the HealthIQ.com story. Um, Chelsea Clinton put out a book. Yeah, just like Mommy. She put out a book, and it was all about she persisted. Remember that, that comment? And it was all, this was a, a swirling story when Elizabeth Warren was depicted as, well, first of all, Elizabeth Warren wouldn't, wouldn't sit down in the Senate. She would not stop yammering. And um, it's, it's that that moment when Mitch McConnell used the phrase, nevertheless, she persisted, it became a mantra, a rallying cry for the, for the feminists. And somebody in Hillary Clinton's camp apparently said, well, that's a good title for a book. Let's do a book. Let's get a book out. You know, maybe you'll be just like mommy and you'll have a book and you'll put out a spoken word and we'll get a Grammy and then you could run for the presidency. It's all part of their master plan. However, a guy that really isn't a well-known author, isn't a political figure, filed a lawsuit in a federal court saying that uh, the book that Chelsea Clinton put out, she persisted, 13 American Women Who Changed the World, was stolen from him. This is, this is a big story. 
Christopher Kimberly is the gentleman who filed the suit against Clinton and Random House, Penguin Random House. He wants 150000 in damages and any profit from the, um, the sales. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's been doing pretty well. It came out May 30th. Now, here's the deal. Mr. Kimberly says that uh, he sent a book idea, which was uh, entitled... A heart is the part that makes boys and girls smart. Kind of a Dr. Seussie type title. And in that book, he claims was a, um, a thing called the Quotable Questionnaire, which featured 15 quotes. And uh, they were from some, some famous women. Kimberly says uh, Clinton's book has three of the exact same inspirational quotes. And she also has a section of her book that features 13 quotes, while his book features 15 quotes, his pitch. So this lawsuit, of course, the, the Clinton family is not responding yet. But this lawsuit could cause... Chelsea yet another embarrassment one of the one of the latest in a series of embarrassments he said I Kimberly told the New York Post that's that's where I saw the story this morning um, I did months of research and her version looks like a ninth grade homework assignment so he's kind of throwing some shade on on Chelsea Clinton but he believes that after he sent his book pitch to a woman at Penguin Young Readers three, four years ago and never heard back, he believes it was passed on. The idea was passed on to Chelsea, and that book was then published at the end of May this year. We'll see where this goes. We'll keep an eye on this. It's a fun story, nonetheless. If you're a schadenfreude fan, it seems like every time Chelsea Clinton steps out there and tries to uh, earn her, her, her credibility in the, in the world, she just manages to stumble or step into something that draws attention to the problems that her family has had over the years. She just can't seem to get it right, and the Clintons are not giving up. I can just see her coming home going, Mom, Dad, they said I copied the book, I stole the book idea. And I can see Mom shaking her head, and Bill going, you get back out there and you just keep walking forward because we're going to get you in the White House if it over my dead body. And Hillary thinks to herself, that can be arranged. When we get back, I want to introduce you to somebody. Somebody I've only met recently. Her work has been around on the Internet for a while. She likes poking at liberals in brilliant parody. She goes by the name Conservative Mama. And some of her stuff fooled a bunch of people. It had me wondering. But uh, you'll, you'll hear what I'm talking about, and you'll hear us get to the bottom of who this person is. We'll meet the conservative mama next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Oh boy, oh boy. It was uh, just under a week ago, actually like five days ago, that I encountered a video that made me scratch my head and go, oh, hold on a second, is this real? Is this real or is it uh, entertainment? And if it is real, it's damn entertaining. And if it's not real, it's entertaining and it's amazing. And uh, it was originally not sent to me from the source. It was sent to me by somebody who tried to hijack it and, you know, push it on their own YouTube page. And I don't like that. I like to find the source. So I did a little digging. And, well, let me give you about 20 seconds of it here. The headline on this, the title of this little piece, it's about a minute and a half, but I'm going to give you my favorite part, is the handshake heard round the world. Liberals' response to the Trump-Putin handshake. This was just after, just after that minute and a half video that kept running in, in a loop on CNN was posted online. And uh, this was the reaction of... Um, the handshake heard round the world. And then, and then, like, Trump, not my president, was looking at Putin and he started blinking. He was blinking at him. And then Putin looked back at Trump and he was blinking at Trump. And they were like, both standing there blinking at each other. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like Morse code. They're communicating, they're communicating. They're, they're plotting for 220. And I felt so, I felt so helpless, you know, like, I I wish I could stop it. (sighs) Just, my friend is just ruined. It's just, my whole weekend's ruined now. I watched it over and over. I sent it to people. I found the original. I discovered that this is the creation of a Colorado woman who goes by the name Conservative Mama. And uh, she's agreed to join us today. And this, this is important because she's a busy, she has a busy life. She's a mom. She's uh, apparently a good writer, a very good writer and a good performer and a pretty darn good actress. Rachel Keene, is it? Or do you pronounce it Kane? No, it's Keene. Rachel Keene joins us, a.k.a. Conservative Mama. You can see Rachel's stuff if you go on YouTube and look at Conservative Mama a channel. You should subscribe. And also conservativemama.com. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being so darn flexible because yesterday was a crazy day with all the breaking news. We're happy you're here. Well, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Well, I have to ask, Rachel, because I know you're a mom. You have three children at home? Yes, I have three little ones. I have a five-year-old, an almost four-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> you have a... Wait. <laughs> I keep me busy. A five-year-old, an almost four-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old? Yes. Yeah, so we had them very close all together. They're my little trio. Yes, I've done the math. I understand how that works. That's, <laughs> but So is this nap time for all of them? What? what have, I, it's very quiet where you are. No, no. My, my awesome mom has come with my sister, and they are all hanging out watching the kiddos so I can get on here and, and, and chat with you. So very well, thankful we, for them. We appreciate it. And uh, Rachel, you have to tell me where, where did the conservative mama come from? Where did this idea happen and what birthed it? Well, it was years ago. I, um, in my early twenties, I, uh, was out in Hollywood. I, I, uh, I was accepted to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I went out there 
ended up not attending. Um, and then I ended up getting a four year college degree. And then I went back to Hollywood and uh, became a SAG actress. And so I did that for a while, um, worked for some big celebrities, lived in a, a well-known celebrity's home. I'm not allowed to talk about that stuff. So I saw the underbelly of Hollywood and realized this is not, not what I wanted to be a part of and not what I ever thought it was. So I moved back to Colorado and shortly after that met my husband, um, kind of left the whole acting world behind. And then it was in 2012, my dad um, Robert Blaha, he ran for Congress and, um, he lost to an incumbent. And, um, it was then I realized, wow, it's hard to unseat these incumbents and it's hard to, to get rid of political, um, career politicians. And I realized that I was very uninformed on the whole political world. I, I had little knowledge in that whole area. So I started just really diving in and researching on policy, legislation, issues, uh, and just took it on. It was scary to me because, in, you know, growing up, you hear people talk politics and it was kind of like, uh, I always felt like out of the loop. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this stuff and I'm going to learn it. I'm going to understand it. And so... I spent years just uh, doing that, and then I started blogging about it and writing. Uh, I started conservativemama.com and just started writing. At, at, at some point, I, <laughs> I was just talking probably to my mom and my sisters and my older brother uh, and my husband were probably the only people reading the blog, but I kept doing it. I felt like I was not supposed to stop, and um, it, was in, it was this January uh, when I watched, I, I sat on, and I was watching Madonna speak about blowing up the White House. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I should go on live and I should talk about this. And I was like, ah. So I got on Facebook Live and I just started talking about it. And I, and I you know, turned it off. And I probably talked for about seven, eight minutes. And then I shut it off. And then um, I started to get a lot of response from that. A lot of views, a lot of response. My brother wrote me. He's like, oh my gosh, people are watching the video. And I was like, okay, well... Uh, maybe I should start doing this more often. And then I had the thought, you know, why don't I tie in my past with what I'm really passionate about now? And that's, you know, politics and, you know, conservative um, values. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start kind of combining videos and using what what I kind of was trained in in my past with my present. And so um, that's where I'm at now. Well, I, I started digging into your videos on your channel, and we're talking to um, the conservative mama is who she's known as in the in the internet world. Uh, Rachel is her first name. Rachel lives in in Colorado, and as I'm looking through your um, your videos, which there's a, a great tongue in cheek spirit in the comedy that you you bring to this. There's some snark and sarcasm. Etc. and parody and all kind of, all the things that I look for when I look for uh, political comedy because I think lessons are better learned when people are laughing and I think you nail that uh, and and I think that's very important. But uh, how do you deal with a state that used to be reliably red and is now pretty purple, headed to blue? How, are, are you surrounded by by people who are, are like-minded, or do you encounter liberals all the time? Well, of course I encounter liberals all the time. Um, I think that, I, I'm actually, I'm married to an independent. He is, I mean, he votes conservative, but 
he is a very independent thinker and he challenges me. So we debate a lot on a lot of the issues, but it gets me inside of the way they think. I think I, 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 I think it's really important to study your opponents, not to not to label them as opponents, but to understand their thinking and why they think the way they think. And that's why I love playing uh, a liberal. <laughs> so um, I follow a lot of them. I study them. I, I listen to a lot of like of the left uh, talk just to get how they are going to angle something that, you know, is so just straight to me, but they're going to, you know, slant it so much um, when they present it. So it is hard to watch. Um, I'm really hoping we have a big governor's coming race, uh, governor's race coming up in 2018. Um, I think the most important thing to do is uh, get behind the strongest candidate in a primary. I feel like um, primaries are often where the, the race, the general is won or lost. Um, I think getting um, your strongest candidate in a primary is very important. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, what do they bring to the table? What is their accomplishment? And what qualifies a candidate to hold a position? I feel like we have a lot of people in office that are not qualified to hold office. Mm. Um, you know, they, they, start, they start at a local level and they work their way up the, the, the poll without really having done anything in the private sector. And so... Um, I often look for that's what that's what that's the candidates I like to back is people that have private sector experience um, that know how to um, solve problems. They're problem solvers, uh, solutions to the problem. A lot of people talk about problems all the time, but I'm like, oh, let's talk about how to solve the problems. And so uh, that's that's, you know, that's what we I, I want to focus on. I'm hoping that we have a chance. Um, well, to, Rachel, uh, I've only got a couple of minutes here, but in the limited yeah. time I have, I. I want to encourage people to find you and follow you. Uh, you're on Twitter, Conservative Mama. You're on YouTube, Conservative Mama. You're on online at conservativemama.com. Uh, but you're, you're an unapologetic Trump supporter. And I, yeah. I have to ask, because you just posted a video uh, about, about this, this, um, the latest news with Donald Jr. And it appears that are you... Where do you stand on this? Because I frankly, I have problems with what happened because if a foreign government is coming to me, even though, yes, my initial reaction is I would love to know the dirt on my opponent. But I, I personally, I have problems with letting Russia come in and and maybe it's just because I'm suspicious of everyone after 25 years of living in Manhattan. But uh, I get nervous when we start allowing somebody that was so recently a big enemy, and I still think uh, a, an opponent in our, world, uh, in our world position, I consider them not to be, a, they're more frenemies than friends. Uh, where do you stand on the Donald Trump Jr. thing? Do you think, are you okay with it? Or you think it's a problem or not? Well, what's come up so far is that she had uh, the woman that she met, met with, the lawyer, she had no ties to the Kremlin. Um, and I'm thinking, OK, this is a you know, this is a woman from a country that, yeah, we're not friends with them. We're not they're not our besties. But at the same time, you know, I, I want to point out that Hillary was, meet, you know, her group was meeting with Ukrainians. So it's kind of like not not to excuse like, oh, what well, they're doing it, we're doing it. But when you are in campaigns, you do get you do up you do up research um every single camp i've been in part of several political campaigns sure. and we've always studied the opponent you get what you can on them 
Um, and I think, and I'm, I'm not opposed to op research because I think that the public needs to know what the candidate tries to hide. You know, I think that, you know, if we, if we keep it all covered up in math, then we're not voting for the, the real deal. So get it out there, whatever it is. Um, well, and I'm, that, that I'm is, all for that, transparency, but I, I can't endorse colluding with a foreign government. And that right. that to me is where I draw the line. Even Al Gore, when given the George Bush playbook, turned it over to the FBI. And you might not be old enough to remember that, but that's yeah. that's something from my history that I remember. But I I'm I'm just curious because I ask everybody about this. It's I think this is a very personal decision. And I think this is one we'll we'll have to have more conversations on. Will you uh, will you pledge to let us know when you've got another video up so we can keep in touch and and keep keep tabs on what you're up to? Well, sure. The thing with thing with my videos is it'll just hit me. Um, sometimes I plan them out, and then sometimes like I'll be listening to something, or I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go right now. And so um, I, I shoot them during nap time. <laughs> okay. Well, I understand. Uh, Quiet and, and quick. Yeah, be, it's it's almost nap time here, but I have to go because it's commercial time. But uh, yes, yes. I, I appreciate you joining us. Her name is Conservative Mama. That's her ID. Her name is Rachel. And uh, we'll probably have you on again uh, soon, I hope. And till then, we'll be watching your videos. Thanks, Rachel. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. And we'll be right back. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I have to talk to Chris Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino, does the worst Mitch McConnell impression in the world. But then again, nobody cares about Mitch McConnell's impression. So you could you could just put, like, fistfuls of roast beef in your mouth and kind of foam for along, and you could be Mitch McConnell, I'm just saying. Uh, I wonder if Mitch McConnell has any aches and pains. I should send him a three-week quick start pack for Relief Factor. He looks like he might be in pain. I'm just saying. He's not exactly uh, sprinting up and down the halls there in the Senate at the Capitol. Uh, just a reminder, Relief Factor, it's what I use. Uh, I, I, was, I was contemplating knee replacement surgery, and maybe it's because I know so many people who've had it done. I must have three or four friends who have had knee replacements in the last couple of years and I said why what triggered it and they said oh my knees were killing me and I'm thinking okay my knees are killing me start talking to the doctors about hey what's it going to take how much time am I going to need how much better will I be at golf if I get it done you know the important things and then Doc Thompson and uh, Brad Staggs go no 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 try relief factor I guarantee you your pain is because of inflammation and if the inflammation goes away, the pain will likely go away, too. So I started taking Relief Factor back in uh, very early April. And uh, it, it works for me. It started working on the eighth day. I take it at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The little packets are there. It's all natural. It's fish oil. It's turmeric. It's natural ingredients that make my body stop 
having inflammation around my knees and my hips and my lower back. And so I'm back out on the golf course. I'm back out in the garden. I'm back walking the dog. Go to relieffactor.com. Trust me. Go to relieffactor.com. Call them, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. Feel better. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.